0: terms and conditions apply welcome to the hornet's Highcast, presented by charlotte eye ear nose and throat associates the official eye ear nose and throat care provider of the charlotte hornets here's your host sam farber
1: Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a winning edition. Hornets, take a 115-109 to final over the Indiana Pacers. They avoid getting swept on the homestand, avoid getting swept on the season against their Eastern Conference rivals. A big come-from-behind victory. We'll break it down for you, select our stars of the game. Also, we're going to relay some of the comments from maybe the biggest star in the city of Charlotte right now, LaMelo Ball. He spoke to the media yesterday about his injury, his recovery, his hopes for next season. We'll give you some of the quotes from that one. And we're going to let you hear from one of the true stars of our community as well. Our Yellow Ribbon Honoree, Charlotte Hornets, of course, have the Yellow Ribbon Program to honor military veterans and retirees for their unwavering service to our country and their impact in the community. Our latest one, former U.S. Army Specialist Leah Schumacher, was honored at the arena last night, and we've got a special one-on-one con- conversation with her coming up this edition as well helping me on all of these topics he's my producer on the hornets radio network as well as the producer of this fine podcast rob Longo here with us again and rob uh, my voice was gone before the game but had it still been with me i might have lost it with that thrilling comeback from down 21 in the first half to a six-point victory
2: yeah, you pretty much summed it up right there. I mean, it was kind of a tale of two halves, I felt like, because of the way it just, I mean, even just the first quarter, you throw that one out and it's a whole different ball game, really. I mean, Charlotte trailed 40-22 to 22 after one quarter of play, and Indiana was playing really well. I mean, 12-16 from the field. They were basically getting anything that they wanted at the rim. They Obviously, that 12-16 of 16 is 75% from the field. Charlotte didn't play very well in that first quarter. They shot 31%, but started to chip away. They outscored Indiana by 10 in the second quarter, only trailed by 8 going into the locker room, and then was really able to turn it on just in the second half as well. Outscored the Pacers. to in the second half alone. Great way to end a four-game losing streak, of course, for the Hornets. But, man, they really turned it on there in that fourth quarter as well. Shot 52-53% from the field, 5-11 of from beyond the arc when they were just cold from beyond the arc the entire game for the most part. And the Pacers probably had their worst shooting quarter in the fourth frame. They shot 26%. They did hit three three three-pointers, but I think the biggest thing for the most part was the fact that the Pacers just had that parade going to the free throw line there in the first quarter. I mean, Miles Turner was 9-9 nine and nine from the charity stripe in the first 12 minutes alone. They were able to limit him a little bit. He finishes with 20 points, only 7 rebounds as well. He obviously was tied for a team high with those 20 points, but it wasn't like him going off like we've seen in previous games against the Hornets. So Charlotte was able to just adjust going into the locker room, did a great job there in that second half, and were able to pull out a very thrilling win. And they executed wonderfully down the stretch. I think that was obviously the biggest difference there, is just the way they were able to claw back and keep that lead there with about three and a half minutes left to go in the fourth quarter to pull out that win.
1: Yeah, really uh, great execution, as you mentioned, there by the Hornets. And then uh, for fans of Indiana basketball, tough 48 hours, the men's and women's programs both lose in the NCAA tournament, plus Pacers falling against the Charlotte Hornets. Lots to talk about in this one. Uh, Let's hear from one of the stars of the game, Gordon Hayward, talked to me on the Hornets Radio Network after the victory. He, uh, one of the top performers former is finishing up with 22 points one of three hornets which 20 or more points on the night and all five starters ended up in double figures but gordon had this to say about what this win really says about this team which was playing for the first time since effectively being eliminated from postseason contention
0: yeah i mean you got to have some pride uh when you're out there on the court and i think that's what we have you know we got a lot of growth to do a lot of growing to do as a team, but. You know, each time you step out
1: on the floor, uh, there's something you can you can learn from and, and get better at, and you know it's a blessing to be able to play this game each time. So you never want to take that for granted. Uh, That's an attitude that's been echoed by several players. It's something that's been encouraged by the coaching staff, reminding guys that uh, even if you're not looking in the context of your entire life or NBA or basketball career, just in the context of this season, it will be a very long offseason, these opportunities to get on the floor and to play, something that they all clearly love to do. They are limited to the final now nine games of this campaign, and so they're making the most of each and every opportunity out there. A couple of numbers within the numbers, as I mentioned before, Starters really led the way for this one for the Hornets. All five end up in double figures. All five end up plus 12 or better in the plus minus. Three of them end up with 20 or more points. Gordon Hayward, 22-23 for Terry Rozier and a game-high 28 for Kelly Oubre, Jr. But really where the Hornets turned this game around was, one, what you talked about, limiting the fouling to that first quarter. Some of that was Miles Turner drifting out beyond the three-point arc. Hornets were okay with that. They had a tough time handling the big fella underneath. Uh, But that opened up some room for Nick. Richards to operate. He finishes with a career high 17 rebounds and his 11th double double of the season, 14 points and 17 boards. And on top of that, the Hornets did a really good job of creating some chaos and scoring off of turnovers. They had 35 points off 22 Indiana giveaways compared to eight points scored by the Pacers off of 11 Charlotte turnovers. That's a plus 27 in that specialty category for Buzz City, and pretty much that alone enough to turn the tide from down 21 to winning by six. In fact, that is the difference. That's 27 in total. So points off turnovers encapsulates the entirety of the Hornets' low point to their high point in the win. Let's go ahead and talk about stars of the night. And As I mentioned, there's quite a few to pick from. Who do you like?
2: Like you said, there's a lot to pick from. I mean, Kelly Oubre had a great night. Terry Rozier is north of 20 as well. But I'm going to go with the man in the middle. That's Nick Richards. Kick
1: to the corner, Washington, extra pass, Gordon Hayward, he'll cut to the cup, lob off the backboard for Nick Richards, I think that was intentional, definitely a Dr. Pepper dunk, Hornets cut it to 7.
2: Nick Richards played phenomenal last night, 14 points, 17 rebounds, that is a career high, and Nick gets his 11th double-double Third in his last six games, he's been playing really, really well as of late. And he was one of those ones that had a quiet game for the most part when you think about it. Because, yeah, he had 14 and 17, but it wasn't like he went out for this astronomical number because it was guys like Gordon Hayward and Kelly Oubre and Terry Rouzier that were scoring north of 20. Nick didn't have to do that yesterday. He just had to focus on protecting the paint against a very difficult matchup against a guy like Miles Turner. He was able to handle him for the most part. I know there was some foul trouble there early in that first half, but he played a clean second half, did a great job out there. And the fact that his plus minus was astronomical in the second half alone, he was a plus 27 in the plus minus. He was a huge difference maker out there great job by Nick Richards. He is my top performer from last night.
1: Yeah, I have no arguments with it. Nick Richards, a really strong performance with 14 points, career-high 17 rebounds, and while it wasn't Joel Embiid in the middle like it was the previous game, Miles Turner, as he indicated, is a very accomplished center, uh, one of the better ones in the Eastern Conference in the NBA as a whole. He's an interesting one because he likes to shoot threes. He can play out beyond the perimeter, uh, but with his kind of size and wingspan, he can influence shots. He can rebound pretty well, and Nick Richards beat them up, basically, in the second, third, and fourth quarters, allowing uh, Turner really to only break away in that first one and minimize the damage, allow for the Hornets to make the comeback. My pick for player of the game, a tip of the cap to Gordon Hayward for the 22 points, five assists, the leader in the plus-minus, but Hornets aren't in this one at all without Kelly Oubre. Terry. Into the honeycomb, kick to Oubre, feet set, three on its way, it's good! Rip the net cord, Kelly Oubre Jr., drilling another lows three-point shot, and we're all even at 75. And while he hit that shot to tie the game and had several big shots in the fourth quarter, uh, the Hornets, as I indicated, they're not in this game in the slightest unless Kelly Oubre Jr. is playing that way in that first half. I mean, they they made up a sizable amount of the 21-point deficit by the time they got to intermission. uh, They were at that point, down by just eight points. But they don't get there unless Oubre is filling it up. He finished the first half with 19 points. He scored 12 in the second quarter alone. That really pushed forward that comeback. And I just thought he was strong throughout the game. And as we've talked about several times, without LaMelo Ball, you need players who can generate their own offense. Kelly Oubre is one of them. He's having a career year. He continues to. Kelly Oubre, my pick for star of the night. And after the win, he talked to the press about... Staying resilient here, even though the Hornets are eliminated from postseason contention at this stage of the game. We're playing with our imagination right now. This is where we want to be. You know, we're in the mind frame of setting up something for next year and years to come instead of just being in the moment right now. The record doesn't define our talent on this team. And Rob, that is very easy to say and very, very hard to do. It's rare to find, quite frankly. We're, we're in a, I, I don't want to blame it on the times because I don't think it was easy to do in previous eras either. It, it, if you're eliminated, if you know the thing that you're working so hard for each and every year, to go to the playoffs and have a chance to win, is gone. If nothing else, then when you're down 20 in the first half, you start to let your hands go, let, let go of the rope a little bit And that didn't happen, and Kelly Oubre a huge part of it and a big part of the reason why I think there's so much hope for the future here for the Hornets, the remainder of this season and well, well beyond.
2: Well, and the other thing, too, that – first off, I love that mentality, obviously, but the other thing, too, is that Kelly's a free agent after this season as well, and obviously Kelly has to look out for himself, but at the end of the day, too, he he keeps saying that he wants to be here, and you don't hear guys that are – Pending free agents speak like that very often. They don't talk about leaving a legacy behind. They don't talk about building for the future. A lot of times you just hear them say, we'll see what happens moving forward, because at the end of the day, and I don't blame them, everybody's trying to get their money, but Kelly Oubre, from everything that he said, he loves the city, he loves it here, and it seems like he wants to stay, and obviously we're we're not going to talk about free agency or anything like that, but it's very easy for someone that's a pending free agent to not talk like that and not have that mentality, so I commend... Kelly for that. I respect the heck out of him for just going up there and saying that because he means it. You, When he talks, he means it, and it's just great to hear, and it's like you said, it's very easy to just kind of, like you said, let go of the rope a little bit and say, well, 20-point game already in the first quarter. It's what, it is what it is. Let's just move on and get ready for the Pelicans in a couple of days and that sort of thing. But again, we always talk about the gravitational pull of the NBA. No 20-point lead is safe at all. And again, Hornets trailed by as many as 21 were able to complete the comeback last night. Largest deficit to overcome in a win this season for Charlotte. And they were able to do it in some pretty convincing fashion there in his final three and a half minutes or so. And a big part of it, of course, was because of Kelly Oubre.
1: Kelly Oubre leading all scores with 28 points leading his team and his city to a victory over the indiana pacers well coming up next we want to honor the latest charlotte hornets yellow ribbon program honoree the yellow ribbon program honoring military veterans and retirees for their unwavering service to our country and their impact in the community we'll talk to our latest honoree former u.s army specialist leah schumacher she sits down with me after this quick break here on the hornet's hivecast Sam Farber here with Rob Longo on the Hornets Hivecast, and we're going to take a moment away from last night's victory, a 115-109 to 109 win over the Indiana Pacers, improving the Hornets record to 23-50, and 50, to talk about a woman who was honored at the game yesterday as part of the Charlotte Hornets Yellow Ribbon Program, which honors military veterans and retirees for their unwavering service to our country and their impact on the community. Our latest honoree is former U.S. Army Specialist Leah Schumacher. She has dedicated her life in and out of uniform to serving her country and her fellow service members, and we welcome her now here to the Hornets Hivecast. Leah, thanks so much for taking the time with us.
3: Thank you so much, Sam. I am so honored.
1: It is our honor to honor and highlight you. Let's start off with your service in the military. You enrolled in the U.S. Army back in 2003, stationed all over the world. Tell me, what led to your decision to join the Army?
3: Oh, so many things, but honestly, the primary reason was I had a college degree From Wingate University, psychology, absolutely, like, no direction, no internships. Um, I think I was waiting tables, making, like, two bucks an hour plus tips. And one morning, I literally woke up to George Bush giving, like, the one-year anniversary speech of September 11th, and I was honestly just completely inspired and got up and went straight to the recruiter station and just said, this is what I want to do, and, like, 3 months later I was in boot camp so it was actually a pretty seamless <laughs> a seamless experience for me
1: And in the end, you ended up putting both your military experience as well as that degree to good use because when you left the Army, you certainly didn't leave serving your community and your your fellow military veterans. You currently own IGY-6 Counseling in Monroe here in North Carolina, which provides therapy and counseling to veterans suffering from post-traumatic stress and substance use disorders. Previously, you led the Salvation Army's Homeless Veterans Program. You have basically dedicated your life to serving your country and in particular, your fellow veterans?
3: Absolutely. The ones before me have, have served, and so I just want to continue that legacy. My father was a Special Forces Green Beret in Vietnam, and unfortunately, he lost his life six years ago to Agent Orange-related diabetes, but I can tell you retroactively, looking back, that he definitively had post-traumatic stress disorder. It was completely undiagnosed. And to be honest, Vietnam veterans, they were turned away. They were spit on. They were treated with disrespect. And so part of my purview is to be able to work with you know, veterans that were like my dad that maybe don't recognize the signs and symptoms and how that's impacting not only their lives, but their family's lives as well.
1: It's part of the the goal that you've kind of stated, that your goal is to help your clients fight the war from within. Tell me a little bit more about that.
3: Well... I think that that kind of speaks for itself. You know, once we leave, we never leave. I mean, we get out, especially those of us that are combat veterans, you know, after we leave a deployment, we feel survivor's guilt. We feel, you know, like we should still be a part of the mission, um, that we left someone behind, that that we should be able to continue to go back and and help our fellow battle buddies. But, you know, when I got back from Iraq, even before I went down this, this path of becoming a a mental health therapist. I saw my friends when we got back to Germany. I saw them using drugs, and you know, even one was he, he went away to prison for attempted murder and just struggling mentally, emotionally, and not really understanding why. PTSD really was not something that, that the general public was really aware of. And honestly, the military, it's not that they didn't want us to speak about it, but it was more like an unspoken. Stigma that we just, we didn't talk about. And so I am trying to reverse that stigma within my community and encourage people to talk about those things that they've, you know, held on to and, and, and to take away some of that, that guilt and shame that goes along with survivor's guilt, including these very real issues of combat-related post-traumatic stress and, I mean, how that impacts them and, and like I said, their, their family as well. I have a lot of clients who their family members experience what's called secondary PTSD, which is, you know, what it sounds like. The, the, the family members are secondarily affected by what the veteran is going through. But anyway, so fighting the war from within, I think that kind of kind of speaks for itself as it relates to leaving the fight, but never really leaving the fight.
1: And you've helped so many of your fellow veterans in that journey. What would be your message for anyone getting a chance to hear this to hopefully seek help and and help their
3: path? It is um, nothing to be ashamed of. If anything, it will help you to be able to not only be your best self, but be who your family needs you to be there's no shame or or guilt associated with, you know, what you did or didn't do overseas and just knowing that there are people out there like me who have experienced what they've experienced and can relate to that and I'm sure that there's many therapists in the area that are veterans or have an understanding of what of what we've gone through and Lastly, I'll say I'm a community care provider for the VA. Like I said, my father was not a proponent of the VA for obvious reasons. And so I actually can be hired by the VA to utilize these these treatment modalities with, with veterans. So they can actually come into my private office rather than having to drive to Charlotte or Salisbury and maybe be put in a group that they don't feel comfortable being in or, you know, having therapy by someone who doesn't know what their their plight is like. So that would be my encouragement is just just to reach out and look for your resources. And, and obviously, anyone can reach out to me at any time. My email address is igy6counseling at gmail.com and they are welcome to uh, shoot me an email, and I'll help in any way that I possibly can.
1: And finally for you, Leah, what is one valuable lesson that your experience overall, both in the Army and serving your fellow service members, has taught you that you wouldn't have learned otherwise?
3: Definitely perseverance. There is nothing that is put in front of me that I can't either tackle or find a way to tackle, and that could be something as simplistic as getting a flat tire on the side of the road, or that can be something as complex as connecting people with services. That's extremely important to me. But mainly just being a servant and and just being willing to um, have those difficult conversations with people and connect them to their community, other, you know, other community resources. But definitely the military taught me um, that I can always find a way, regardless of the situation, I can always find a way.
1: Leah Schumacher, our honoree for the Yellow Ribbon Program, thank you so much for your service, both while in the Army and since leaving the military, and thanks for being here with us today on the Hornets Hivecast.
3: Thank you so much. It is greatly, greatly appreciated.
1: Our thanks and congratulations to former U.S. Army Specialist Leah Schumacher for joining us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast and the congratulations part for being our Yellow Ribbon Program honoree from last night's game. Coming up next, we are going to talk about one other big piece of news from yesterday at Spectrum Center, and that was LaMelo Ball speaking with the media. We'll talk about that next here on the Hornets Hivecast.
0: Terms and conditions apply.
3: The one thing, again, I would say that, you know, for all the things we could have done better, we've been like this most of the year. You know, the other night was really, uh, I think, uncharacteristic of the way we've played. You know, I mean, we've been down double digits, a lot of halftime, fought our way back in the games, given ourselves a chance to win. You know, tonight, I mean, again, we were, they were really good early and we were really bad. But, again, you could tell in the huddles, guys were talking, you know, stay with it, you know, talking about the corrections they had to make. We played better and better, you know, so they were re- rewarded tonight, which is great.
1: Hornets head coach Steve Clifford speaking to the media after the Hornets' 115-109 to 109 win over the Indiana Pacers last night. Charlotte improving to 23-50 and 50 on the campaign with the win. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you. And, Rob, one of the, the main reasons why the Hornets are, I guess, playing for silver linings is a good way to put it uh, at this stage of the season has been injuries. Most recently, Mark Williams, uh, his... Injury really taking out the anchor to the defense in that back line. That's taken some time to rebound from. The win last night was their first after four consecutive losses with him absent. And then going further back, the the engine to the offense, LaMelo Ball, being lost for the remainder of the season due to a fracture in his ankle. Well, yesterday, even though he has been in the building several times after the surgery, he's been working out with the training staff trying to get ready already for next season. But for the first time, Lamelo spoke to the media, and we have some quotes to relay to you. The first one, and I I think this is kind of Lamelo in a nutshell, he's asked how he's doing. He said, I'm alive and feeling great. I've been pretty much just listening to the staff, rehabbing, stuff like that. It's annoying just going through the process But I can't be too mad. Just go through the rehab, do that whole process, and try and come out on top. I think LaMelo just has the right perspective about things. We we get too caught up in everything about sports and how it pertains to next season and this season and what's going to happen here and there. And LaMelo, for all his greatness and all his desire to be out there on the floor and perform and win, he keeps it in perspective. You know, life is about living. And, and even though he's certainly frustrated by the injury, uh, happy to continue to get to be LaMelo Ball and look forward to another season ahead.
2: It's all you can do at this point. I mean, at the end of the day, when your season's over and you're trying to just get ready for the next season, you have to have that positive mentality. And unfortunately for LaMelo, this has been all too common the last couple of seasons. You go back to his rookie year with the wrist injury, where he had to rehab that. Thankfully, he was able to come back and earn that rookie of the year award, you know, then you had the ankle injuries earlier this year as well, which were a little bit of a setback cuz those are the ones that are really annoying because, you know, nothing's broken, there isn't surgery that needs to be done or anything like that, it's just letting your body have the time to heal and it's just frustrating because you know one day you might wake up and you feel great the next day it might not be so much the same. So those ones are really annoying too. And unfortunately we haven't seen a whole lot of Lamelo out there on the floor this year. And it's a shame because when you look at his numbers in a vacuum, because that's all we have based off of the number of games that he played this season, he was having – almost a better year than he did last season as an all-star. So the numbers back that up for the most part. And the record backs that up as well, based off of what we saw out there as well. So certainly frustrating, but good to see LaMelo in the building. Good to see him back around the team because again, at this point, when you go through that rehab, it's kind of a mental thing, if anything, more oftentimes than not, just trying to get back in that right mindset, saying that this is just temporary Get through the rehab, get through what the doctors and the training staff are saying, and you'll be back before you know it. So it's a lot easier said than done. But again, good to see LaMelo back in the building, talking to everybody and just kind of giving the lay of the land a little bit because we haven't heard from him in a while. So good to see that he's in good spirits for the most part or about as good spirits as you can be at this point during the rehab process. But Overall, just looking forward to next season with him. Yeah, and
1: that's a good way to put it, as good of spirits as can be in the process, because it certainly has been tough. Uh, He talked about that as well, that just not being able to play is always tough. Uh, He did say he should be ready for training camp. That's his... Part of the quotes that were relayed by Sam Perley, the great Sam Perley, senior writer for Hornets.com, a frequent guest here on the Hornets Hivecast, and so we'll keep our fingers crossed that everything goes smoothly and that we're ready to see LaMelo Ball start of training camp for the 23-24 season. Uh, one other reason for optimism, or maybe for frustration, the frustration being it didn't get to continue, but the optimism that he'll pick up where he left off in his final seven appearances, LaMelo Ball averaged 24 points per game, shot 44% from the floor, 8 Eight rebounds, 10 assists, made 4 3s per game on 43% shooting from beyond the arc. And so even though he'll only get to play 36 games here in his junior season, if you will, his third season in the NBA, he had career best in points, in assists per game. Uh, he was shooting the ball well from 3 as it was coming down to what ended up being for him the wire. I think there's a lot of reason for optimism moving forward. I personally am optimistic my voice will be back tomorrow. We'll have another off day for the Hornets' time or at least for game action, never an off day here on the Hornets Hivecast. Tomorrow we're going to have Sveema Kyluk join us in studio, uh, talk about his season so far here, a partial one with the Hornets since the trade deadline and what he sees so far here in Buzz City. Uh, City, he's knows a lot about, even though he's uh, kind of a a recent transplant, if you will, to the Queen City. Uh, His former college teammates, Devontae Graham, Kelly Oubre, have played here, and obviously he's uh, gotten a chance to spend some time personally now here in the great city of Charlotte. So we'll talk to Svi tomorrow, and keep our fingers crossed my voice is back by then.
2: I'm rooting for you, Sam. I appreciate it.
1: Rob Longo, thanks as always for joining me here today on the HHC. Thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. For everyone here, I'm Sam Farber, saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along, and we We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on the Hornets Hivecast.
0: Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.